Back to the Racial Podcast. You're here this week with your host, Nick Tressler, and our guest, Mr. Lucas Ebert. What's up, everybody? Yeah. Dude, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, to come out and hang with us this week. It's CMA Fest week here in Nashville. Yep. Yeah, this is going to be my first CMA Fest, so I'm excited about that. When did you get to uh, Nashville? I've been out here for about two years. Yeah. So be, this will be the first time I played a show during the CMA Fest. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. I saw that you just started playing some like full band sets here. Which I was excited mm-hmm. about because we found you originally through like revival. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing the solo singer songwriter gig for a yeah. while, but I uh, just put my band together over the winter. This past yeah. winter, we just rehearsed all winter long. And back in March, we played our first gig at D's Country Cocktail Lounge. Hell yeah! So, yep, we got about four gigs on our belt so far, but uh, we're getting greasier and greasier, man. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Let's talk about your uh, your musical story. So, you grew up in Oklahoma. Yeah, I grew up in Southeast Oklahoma. Kind of come from a really musical family. It's kind of the family that's known for music back home. Yeah. So, yeah, my aunts and uncles, they uh, they all have their degrees in uh, vocal performance, piano performance. Wow. So I was kind of raised, you know, in the church, doing the church music thing right. with, uh, with the family. So grew up around it, yeah. it's uh, You see that a lot. You'll see just musical family, people that maybe didn't do anything professionally with it, but all have, like, the background. And then you'll see some families where everybody's professional, you know, yeah. or like at yeah. least like like they you said, have could the have been if they want to if they wanted to pursue it, they right. could have been for sure. Yeah, yeah. My dad was a country singer songwriter too, so uh, cool. he came out to Nashville when I was uh, like seventeen months old and got a record deal with uh, May and Hoyt Axton's oh, wow. record label. They had like a indie record label called Dorman Records out here okay. at the time. Yeah, and uh, they did a bunch of songwriting stuff. I'm not I'm not really familiar with their music, but a lot of people are. Yeah, and old heads, old Nashville heads. Yeah. Know? They signed Dad because I think May was, was from Broken Bow, which is like a town north of where I'm originally from in Oklahoma. Right. She kind of had it, her eye on him a little bit. He came out here and did this thing they did back in the day called uh, Super Nashville Showcase or something like that. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he got a record deal through them. And then shortly after that, he passed away in a car accident. Oh, man. Um, but because of that, I, I grew up with these really crazy stories about Dad, so it always really drove me on to sort of pursue the legend that dad had sort of set up for me so i'm really thankful for all that even yeah. though it's kind of sad you know yeah well that's kind of put that bug in your ear and you know in your heart yeah so yeah i didn't get to see the real man i had this like sort of superman idea of yeah who my dad was and what it was about you know yep uh people used to always tell me stories about how you could write a song on the spot like yeah. he would just be sitting there and he'd ask you to throw two topics at him and he would just make up a song about it. <laughs> just crazy stuff like that. I think he probably would have been like Red Atkins kind of like he, okay. he would have done like he would have had like a mild, you know, sort of success as yeah. an artist himself. Yeah. yeah. And then he would have if he would have had the heart to stick around because he was a country boy. I don't I, I can't imagine him being in Nashville for very long. Too but long. if he would have, he probably would have just been a great songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. So musical roots, man. And then um, you kind of started doing some stuff musically 
Um, let's talk about that, like your progression of how you got to like where your sound is today. And yeah, I mean, I'm still I'm still in the middle of the process, you know, figuring yeah. out who I am and what I'm about. But coming out to Nashville in the last you know the last year especially has been a really transformative experience of just figuring out what I want to stand for musically as right. an artist, just the artist journey, you know. Yep. It's really exciting stuff for me, you know. And it's one of those things too, where you, when you're surrounded by other people that are in the same mindset, right? It kind of helps you mm-hmm. yeah. steer your focus a little bit, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, do you uh, do a lot of co-writes in the, here in the city? Man, I'm, I started to when I first moved to town because yeah. I kind of looked around and, and got the vibe of the scene, and I saw that's what people did. Yeah. But uh, man, I really, I really have. I feel like I have something personal that I want to say yeah. in my music. Yeah. And. I mean, it would be great if I got some rights on some other artists eventually. Right, That'd right. be awesome. Have a little side income. Yeah. But my main gig is getting my own project off the ground. Yep. And for my songs, I want to say something personal, you know? Yeah. I just, I feel like I'm the only one that really has the agency to write a songs about my life, you yeah. know? And tell that story in the form of an album. Yeah. Like, I, I want my album to have, like, a storyline to it from beginning, the first song to the last song, you know? And I can't imagine... Um, writing that type of personal song with someone else you know makes sense i think that's kind of uh there's there's a lot of different songwriters and i think a lot of like the texas guys or the americana guys kind of live in that i want to live in my own head you know what i mean and this i want this song to be so personal to me right you know and i think there's a lot of power to that also the other thing too is the more that i'm getting into my personal story the weirder and stranger things are getting yeah and i can't convince a lot of these five <laughs> right you know uh publishing you know publishing deal songwriters to write songs about mushrooms with me right <laughs> yeah it's one of those things too where the the genre of country music is expanding about the things you can talk about right as our society yeah. is starting to be more accepting of different things mm-hmm. right so it's it's cool to see guys like you who are kind of helping spread that music and that scene of like things hey this is a part of my life you yeah. know and I can I'm willing to talk about it because it's able to be talked about right you know? I mean the stuff that I grew up listening to that really moved me was when I would listen to a song it would take me to another world like the, the visualization of the what they would be talking about inside the song would yeah. take me to another world and that's really what psychedelic is yeah I was listening to a, a podcast earlier and it was T-Bone Burnett talking about uh, how all music is really kind of psychedelic music unless yeah. it's pop music you yeah know? yeah where it's just all about the hook but really any really good quality music is kind of psychedelic yeah it, it, in that it takes you to another world when you listen to it it's it doesn't an experience have to speak on mushrooms or anything right. like that right, right, right. <laughs> but uh just as if it takes you to another place it's kind of psychedelic if you think about it yeah and i think that's a big part of what music does for people right it takes them out of their head and it takes them or maybe puts them deeper into their head right and it kind of gives you that kind of gateway to explore yourself and explore your feelings yeah so i think that's a important piece of it i was just at a my first shot at red rocks and just like watching a show there and the lighting and everything yeah. all together that's my dream venue oh, man. man that's i have a picture of red rocks uh it's a view from the stage like yeah. as if you're looking out onto the audience yeah and i just have it hung up in my room because i'm pretty much i could probably retire after that game. yeah you know, <laughs> you'd be like we're I, good I'm, I'm done <laughs> yeah yeah that's one of those venues man till you get like see it it's just yeah you don't get it like, i've never you see actually pictures. been to a concert oh, but man. i've just seen the pictures been. and obviously been to colorado yeah and I can only imagine that it would be. I mean, where are you going to go from there? Yeah, you know, looking out at the, 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 the wave of an audience coming down on you, and then the stars. 
it's yeah. beautiful. It was, it's cool too, just like being there and looking out in the crowd and seeing it's almost like psychedelic, right? Like yeah. the lighting yeah. and just like how it bounces off the rocks and just yeah. the, the architecture of nature, you know, yeah. which is like, you don't think about as much, yeah, it's, but it's just perfectly and non-intrusively situated in those yeah. red rocks, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. It's a cool venue. And I think some of that stuff, there's, there's music that's made for that type of scene right yeah. and i think yeah. your music lives in that world i hope so man so i want to i want to get out there at some point one of these days i will man yeah i'll have For to sure. make sure i get to that first show yeah <laughs> yeah that'd be awesome yeah well let's talk about the music that you're working on right now man and then we'll get into some of the stuff that you had done before but yeah i know you're sure. working on the new ep yeah i got a new ep comes out um thursday i think it is june 6th yep, yep. which uh will probably be slightly before we'll be talking about this this will come out slightly after that has happened. So yeah, oh, yeah. okay, cool, perfect. Yeah, awesome. yeah. So let's talk about some of the songs you have on there. Yeah, man. This is the you know I, I released an EP last year, yep. and, and like I was telling you earlier, I, I, it kind of was a lot of those songs was a result of me, you know, looking around and seeing what the, the gig was in Nashville as far as the co-writing goes. Yeah, and I like the songs on there. From yeah, just a quality of song standpoint, they're good songs. Yeah, um, but they didn't really tap into my personal life story. Right. And um, these songs on this EP that's coming out this week do a lot more. Yeah. You know? They got songs about my hitchhiking. Yep. And songs about actually doing psychedelics <laughs> and, uh, you know, everywhere, everywhere in between. So I'm really excited about it. It's live, too, so it's going to be really raw, you know. Um, we, we did it at this place called Wild Road Recordings. Okay. Here in Nashville. We just, my, my new band I was telling you about. We just got together and, and uh, put these five songs on the list and knocked them out live. So it's kind of like a it's inside of a studio. Yeah. It's live. And I encourage anybody that listens to it to check it out on YouTube primarily because, yeah. you know, it's, it, it comes the with whole the videos. Visual. So you yeah. can really feel the the way it was intended was to take, take it in with the videos. You know? Yeah. I think there's something to be seen for that, too, because there's something that's in my head that's perfect about imperfection so when you're recording live like that yeah it kind of gives you that and you can see it yeah. right especially yeah. when you have the visual too you right. know i've noticed that um at least for me i i love the imperfections yeah. of, of people's stuff like my favorite stuff that tyler Childers has is the uh you know his our vinyl stuff yeah um you know he's his guitar slightly out of tune yeah you know, <laughs> his guitar I, I like that better than the actual record i love his record but i like that um I like the imperfection, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's no honesty in it. Like it. Yeah, it's honesty and sincerity, I think, yep. that people perceive in that. Yep. And it's like, this is what we sound like. It's the know? power that you get in a live show, but in a recording, if you can't get to see that person in a live show. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I'm real happy with the, the way they turned out. Yeah. Yeah. It's freaking great to hear. Guys, make sure you uh, download that, but also, like we said, make sure you look at it on YouTube. Watch all the videos. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. So let's talk about uh, just you were talking about hitchhiking. So why don't you tell mm-hmm. us that story about your life and yeah, you know man. where you did, how you got there? Well, I grew up uh, in like I said in the church, and uh, my whole deal. My, my dad was so wild. My mom raised me up in a way that it was like she wanted me to be the, be the exact opposite of the way dad was. Right. He was a character. So uh, you know, I grew up in the church music scene. I thought I want to be a music pastor. Whenever I graduated high school, I went to this Christian college in Waxahachie, Texas, and uh, was going to be a worship pastor at a church, did like internships at some of those big mega churches. Yeah. And up until that point, music was sacred ground to me because God and music went together. Right. You know? 
and seeing the business side of the church for the first time. Oh yeah. It, it kind of freaked me out. Scary. You know? Yeah. And simultaneously during that time when I was kind of being rocked out of the church, the church world, I, I met this, this dude, his name is Tim. We became really good buddies. And, uh, he kind of blew my mind. I don't know what he was doing at Christian College, but uh, he was really odd in a good way, you know, yeah. type of guy. And uh, just some of the things that he taught me and, and we would talk about, you know, late, in, late into the night at the dorm rooms at, at Christian College yeah, just made me decide to, to drop out. And so uh, a little bit after that, me and him linked up. And before we went hitchhiking, we actually rode our bicycles. We got a little bit past Memphis. Um, before before we kind of gave up on that endeavor, but uh, I turned around after that and came back home, um, and then went hitchhiking, went out west, yeah, and just uh, took five, saved up five hundred dollars, took my backpack and my guitar, and just hitchhiked to California, man. <laughs> crazy stories, all kinds of crazy stories happened along the way, man. Uh, just played my music on the streets, you know. And uh, wrote a bunch of songs, played some of my original songs for some of the first people that really heard my non-Christian music outside of my family and friends, you know? Right. And uh, the response I got out there kind of made me really think about doing it, you know, as like a, as a career for right. the first time. It, and that was really encouraging, you know? So, obviously got a bunch of songs about hitchhiking. Right. <laughs> yeah. Got one, Life one on the really road. good hitchhiking song on the new EP that's coming out called The Road. Yeah. And it's kind of inspired my my actual experiences kind of mixed in with like some stories from those Jack Kerouac books, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. a, it's an interesting thing too. And I think, uh, an exploratory situation like that can really help open you up for who you are. Right. Cause you're, yeah. you're on the road and you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're living the way that you are. There's no one telling you what to do or when to do it. Oh you yeah. Know? It was, it was absolutely freeing, man. Yeah. I had just a positive experience overall. One of the things I realized when I was out on the road is how kind people are. Yeah. You know? A lot of good people out there. You kind of grow up thinking that sort of everybody outside your bubble is going to be evil. Right. right. Out to get you because of the media. Right. Because your grandma and grandpa, you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. <laughs> or like watching too much news, you know? And what I realized is everybody's really nice. Yeah. It's just a really small percentage of people that get hyped on the news, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's what gets the people to view it. You know, that's what mm -hmm. gets. Yeah, the it's like somebody's having a great day riding their bicycle. Yep. Okay. Why well, is that on the news? You know. Yeah. So it can make sense why, you know, the the all the bad things that are happening are on the news, it's going to grab your attention. But again, that gives people a wrong perception of the reality of the world. You know. Yep. Yeah, I think that's it. Everybody has their group of good people, and they just don't always overlap. But when you find that next group, they're just as good as your group yeah. is. Yeah, that's, that's, that's funny that you say it like that, because every time I got picked up by somebody, I'd be a little bit further west, for example. Yeah. And I would get picked up in a new town, yeah. and they'd be like, dude, you better be glad I picked you up in this town, because uh, in the next town over, they're not like they are here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they yeah. said that every single time every town. along the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, uh, that's one of those things where it's like you're – your perception, right? So, and there's different levels of good people and bad people, right? Yeah. Everybody has a little bit of both. There's a lot of weird people out there. Hundred percent, for sure. Hundred percent. But uh, everybody, most of everybody's got good intentions. Yeah, good know? heart. Yeah, right. And I think that's you can see that in people. You can yeah, see yeah. when they have good yeah. intentions and a good heart. Yeah, if you're not an idiot and you're paying attention, right, you're not going to wander down the wrong, uh, you know, pathway. Right. You can tell. You can pick up on the vibe when it's not right instantly. Yeah. You know, it doesn't take any effort really. It's uh, it's one of those things where I'm sure there's people that could fool you, but 
if you're really the majority of people aren't trying to fool you they're showing you who they are right yeah yeah, yeah so. people are nice too man people are so giving like i lived with 500 dollars, i ran out of that ran out of that quick you know? yeah i could tell you so many stories of people's kindness it was awesome it's yeah. uh it gives you a little bit of faith in humanity and what what yeah. there still is out there right and there's yeah. so much like you said negativity and bad stuff on tv yeah. but the in, first time somebody gave me a like a, a medicine bottle full of, of weed yeah i was like man dude we're living <laughs> in such a beautiful world yeah dude and that's uh the people that are in that world are usually some of the most giving and generous you know that's true yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a different world than you know people that are drinking alcohol or, or high up in the business world oh, you know yeah. yep it's uh, people that are trying to be good people because they would want people to be good people to them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're continuing to write here. How often do you write in like a given week? I try to sit down and write something just about every day. Yeah. You know, it doesn't always, sometimes a word comes out, sometimes no word comes out. Right. And then sometimes it just falls onto the page, you know. Yeah. But I try to sit down and attempt to write at least a little bit. Every day. Just about every day. Yeah. Cool. It's uh, I think that's a, a important part for it too, because as you go through the different experiences in your week or month or whatever, you can get a different piece of that puzzle that could maybe unlock something in you. Oh yeah, no, it, it's so weird how songs come together. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've heard everybody say it before already, but like, it really does feel like when you write a good song that you almost had nothing to do with it. You're just pulling it out of the sky. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I read this uh, quote last night. Uh, this Asian uh, sage quote. Uh, his name is Chuangsa, and he said, "Great art is like clumsiness, and it does feel like an accident." You know? Yeah. Wow, that's um, deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you try really hard, that's when you get really messed up. Yeah. You know? But the way a song comes together is always like you know a combination of like some shit you may have heard on TV, yeah. mixed in with a, co- a conversation somebody was having, mixed in with maybe like a thought you had two months ago. Yeah. And then that gets you your first line and the rest just comes, you know? Yeah. And so it's it's always like that. It never just, it never comes out in a systematic way. It always feels like a happy accident, really, when they're good, especially. Yeah, it's almost like you see there's a rock, but there's a, there's a statue underneath it, you know, and you're just kind of mm-hmm. figuring out how you can get that rock to yep. be formed in that way to make something beautiful. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's cool to hear people talk about it like that too i think it's uh sometimes gets lost specifically with people that are writing every day song for song for trying to get cuts yeah 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 yeah. the the energy of that is a little bit weird to me yeah you know because when you have to write one or two songs every single day monday through friday yeah uh you you don't get the time to sort of like lay back and and gather up those disparate influences right you, you're not even you don't give a chance to listen to the conversation read the book watch the show and get the you, you it's basically like almost like you're you've got to load up your unconscious mind before yeah. it'll come into the conscious yeah and if you're always having to write you know some kind of garbage you're not ever going to get a, a chance to, to to absorb those influences you know at least that's maybe an excuse because there is something cool that i noticed whenever i first uh moved to nashville and that's that um I was thinking that the art, the artistry of this town was gonna was gonna mean that um, when I was gonna go to a songwriting, a co-write, that the person sitting across from me was gonna be like a super artsy type of person with like you know the the the, the wide brim, yeah. Stetson. And I mean, there's <laughs> some of that, but like most most of the time, it's a guy in like a flannel, 
short sleeve with like a trucker hat. Yep. And they look like they're about to go work like a construction job. Yeah. And there's an element of like uh, treating your, your songwriting like just a nine to five job that actually is, I think, a cool place to be with, with songwriting. As far as like psychically, you should think of it like a worker, yeah. not like an artist. Because as soon as you start to try to be fancy, you you lose the magic. Yeah. You know? And there's, so there's elements of it that are really cool. Yeah. There's, I think one of the things that I see that, uh, I mean, you'll learn little things or you'll get pieces from co-writing. Yeah. So I think there's value in that, but totally. sometimes it's for you, right? Which just kind of sounds like what or I'm hearing from you is like for you to express that moment in time or to express exactly what's inside of you, you need that by yourself. Yeah. But I think the, the fact that you wrote with some other guys and you got to see some yeah. of the stuff that yeah. they're doing and how that works. Just kind of learning the craft. Yeah, helps you get a little tiny piece of it, you mm-hmm. know? And it, and also, you take I've that noticed back. recently that, um, like, one of the best things about co-writing with somebody is if, like, if, if during your alone time, right, yeah. you're sort of hitting a wall and, and you feel like you have no nothing to pull from yeah. and nothing's coming out, that a, a co-write with someone... Like for me, it almost never turns into anything good, yeah. other than it gets my mind like sort of tuned back up to the right frequency, so that then I can go right by myself. Yeah, and hopefully none of my co-writing buddies are listening to this, but because <laughs> the man will start try, stop trying to write with me, but yeah. like I literally schedule co-writes just to get the, the brain knowing flowing. full well the song's not going to be worth shit. Yeah, <laughs> but just get the the brain kind of turned back on, you know. Yeah, that's uh that's funny to hear that, but. I think I've talked to like one of my good buddies who's a musician and was had a nine to five you know day job on music writing songs and he's like those songs just aren't my songs right you know and I think that's kind of yeah that like yeah. outsider kind of mentality right like I don't want to write a song that's five people's idea well there's just so much system in there yeah that's the, and that's cool yeah. that's what's cool too is everybody's got their little piece of the uh, the puzzle that they're playing yeah and if you're just a pure songwriter and you're trying to get as many cuts as possible that's great right but I'm just trying to write songs for me right and hopefully people like them right you know that's it and I think there's a lot of value in that specifically with someone with as much vocal talent as you have man thanks absolutely big 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 fan like I said Heard your stuff, and and then I know uh, Texas Music Pickers. Let's talk about that, man. Your uh, your songwriting, yeah, uh, win that yeah. you did with yeah. them. Um, I, I really, I, I'm not a huge um like so, like song competition guy. Ever yeah. since I was weird, like I was telling you earlier, I've always looked at music and God, and even still, in a way, like music and spirituality go hand in hand so yeah. like to do the competition thing for yeah. to win stuff seems kind of weird to me yeah but you know sometimes there's cool opportunities like i saw they had a couple of red 11 guys who were going to be the judges right big booking agency you know yep. so that's really the main reason i did it yeah yeah and I'm then like, when you're talking about like music so you're here in nashville do you still go back to oklahoma and play stuff as well yeah oklahoma and texas are my main main areas right now so right i'm just trying to get this thing off the ground yep so, you know, my home area region is yep. still my number one place, you know. Plus, you know, everybody knows Texas pays better than everywhere else. Yeah. So being that I'm from kind of that area. Yep. And then they also pay a lot better. Yeah. And, man, they appreciate music out there, they too. They do. You know, they and, appreciate the craft of it. Yeah. And, and they, well, you know, and they really get lost in the music, though. I mean, you know, I could, Nashville is like a really craft place. Yeah. And definitely they appreciate the craft in Texas, especially like down in Austin. But in Texas, I feel um, like people really just come out to get lost in the music. Like yeah. they have an innocence towards music that I love to see. They 
they dance, you know. Yeah. They want to come out and get drunk and dance. Yeah. And I'm 100% behind that, you know, <laughs> versus just like sort of listening and observing with arms crossed, you know. Yeah. That's more of a Nashville vibe. And I mean, that's what I do at concerts. So, it, but when I go and perform, I would rather have a different kind of person than me in the audience that yeah. just came to enjoy the, the vibe, you know. Yeah. It's uh, like we talked about, it's kind of like getting away, right? And Texas, man, they're. That's a tough market to break in if you're not from that area. So yeah. it's uh, it's cool to see the people they embrace. Once they decide they love you, they love they you love forever. you forever. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly how it is. Mm-hmm. I remember we talked to uh, Driver Williams, which is uh, Eric Church's lead guitarist, and he said in an interview, uh, someone brought up Texas, and they're like hard. Like it was hard for even Eric Church, huh. who's huge. Wow. To get like a following in Texas, yeah, but that's the same thing he said. Once they love you, they love you. Forever. Texas is so many different places too. Oh yeah, you know, there's like four different Texas. Yes, really. <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Such a such a big area. It's like I'm, I, I really relate to the Northeast. Okay, I'm from Southeast Oklahoma, so yeah, Dallas, and then like even more northeast from there, those smaller towns like Pittsburgh and yep, uh, you know, Rockwall and stuff, Sulphur Springs. That's the Texas I'm the most familiar with. Yeah, going to South Texas is like going to a different country almost. yeah it's crazy yeah it's one of those uh places where yeah musically too like you could tour texas and that's it you know talking <laughs> like, about and make dancers, a good living man, they came to dance oh yeah do not play a singer songwriter type of vibe in south texas <laughs> i mean they'll just like stop and wait for you to play a dance song you know what i mean <laughs> yeah that's freaking crazy it's cool though yeah they just they just want to have a good time that's it well Tell people where they can follow you on social media, where you uh, where you at are the most. Yeah. Um, Facebook and Instagram, man. Yeah. I don't really do Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and then my website. Yep. LucasEbert.com. Just started a little blog the other day, so you can check that out. Join my oh, yeah. email list and all that. Yeah, my website, Facebook, and Instagram is really the only places I inhabit. YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Make yeah. sure you follow it on YouTube, man. That's... The videos of you performing the new stuff live. Yep. So I got a little bit of a pre-release of some of that. So yeah, yeah I appreciate that. And yeah, man. man, it's it's powerful stuff. It's cool to see that coming into the world and people getting to see exactly who you are. I'm glad you dig it, man. Yeah. Well, dude, thanks so much for taking the time to yeah. to be here with us. Absolutely. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can hear more great artists like Lucas. And uh, this is Nikki T, and we'll see you in the front row. Should have never called you on the phone Some things are just better left alone Should have just kept it to myself Left them words up on the shelf Damn if I do, damn if I don't Yeah, just a little bit drunk for song Yeah, I'm just a little bit drunk and